Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco. This is episode 162 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Lucas Kaser to discuss the TCK Pod Listener League playoff matchups, recapping round one and looking ahead to two huge matchups in round two, the semifinals. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Week 15 upon us, that means round two of the fantasy football playoffs. If you are still listening to us, congratulations. You're one win away from the finals, hopefully. And we mention this every podcast this time of year. We hope you're not playing in week 17. If you are, we wish you the best of luck in probably round one of the fantasy playoffs. Join night tonight by Lucas Kaser. Once again, Lucas, how we doing, buddy? You know, it was kind of nice to have a tilt and stress-free week weekend in uh, one, I guess a couple leaks but now I feel like it's even more pressure on me considering I got reverse swept in all my leagues last week yikes a lot of injuries man a lot of injuries we mentioned it yesterday on the podcast again if this is your first podcast of the week you're listening and you're going to dial back um, I released a, a podcast by myself just a quick kind of a bonus episode episode 159 check that out it's just about week 14's injury carnage I did a whole episode that was based on just injuries from one week that's never a good sign. Um, I know that yeah. you, were, you were hit by the injury bug quite a bit. We're going to get into our TCK pod matchups here on this episode, so we'll dive into those in a little bit. But I know you got hit by them. I got hit by them quite a bit as well. Um, and that's this time of year, man. It is what it is. A lot of people lost matches because of injuries. A lot of people won matchups potentially because of injuries to their opponent. So let's dive into it, man. Today is tck pod listener league episode day uh let's dial it back here real quick um in the first half of the episode here and we'll dial it back to round one last week we had two playoff matchups and then we had three consolation matchups and then of course you and chris our good brother from the commish fantasy football podcast uh you two were on a bye last week before we dive into it how was your week off uh like i said i got reverse swept so i mean it was okay because the broncos completely obliterated the Texans and I guess I won one league but it was a non-money league so there was not much uh, emotional attachment to it but it was okay I guess. Fair enough. Let's dive into round one. We'll kick it back last week. Um, I'll start with Hyde and Zeke and myself uh, in the first round and then we'll have you kick off the People's Republic and Charlotte regular Nawa. I'll start off with my matchup here, this was real close, came down to the wire on Monday night. Um, hide and Zeke, uh, first of all, shouts out to our boy Chad, um, big supporter of the podcast. Uh, I, I was talking to him all weekend and <laughs> just a good spirit, man. We had a, had a lot of banter back and forth throughout the weekend and just kind of, you know, um, not even smack talk, just general discussions about the weekends and the games and everything else. And I just appreciate it. So Chad, I know you're listening to man. I, I appreciated having you in the league, as I mentioned, and um, hell of a competitor. Uh, thank you so much for participating. And I hope you jump back in next year as well. Um, I was able to escape with the victory 147 to 138, but this was very close. It came down to Zach Ertz and uh, Carson Wentz on Monday night football. I'll break down his roster first and then mine. 
Carson Wentz ended up pulling away with 23 points. Uh, he was borderline single digits in the first half, as we all saw in that game versus the Giants, but he pulled away with two touchdowns um, late in the game. Fortunate for me, those were both to Zach Ertz, which helped tremendously, of course. Um, but uh, Carson Wentz with 23. Aaron Jones went off 30 fantasy points there. Chris Carson, just 11. I thought he'd have a lot more when Rashad Penny went down. I expect a big week from him this week, but Chris Carson with 11. Calvin Ridley, 18 points, 5 for 76, and a touchdown before he went out, of course, out for the year with the abdominal injury. Keenan Allen, 13. Jacob Hollister, 7. Cole Beasley remained strong, 14 points. Anthony Miller, 13. Houston defense, just one point. And Mason Crosby, uh, eight points. Um, didn't really have a lot of players on the bench that went off uh, that would have changed the the way of the game I guess Kansas City's defense did have 10 Houston had one if you put those in I think we actually would have tied but I wouldn't have started Kansas City against New England so I think he made the right decision there but the Denver Broncos yikes look out uh just drew lock too much firepower there for Houston so 138 for hide and Zeke I was able to scoot by here Dak Prescott 19 Dalvin Cook 15 short workload but he did get a touchdown early James White just 11 points yikes uh, Devonte Adams, just eight. I'm going to need a lot more out of those two guys for my next week's matchup. Michael Gallup, 16. Zach Ertz, my week winner, nine for 91. And those two touchdowns from uh, Carson Wentz late in the game, that sealed the victory for me. Marvin Jones, just six points. Zach Pascal, a waiver wire pickup, came away with 20, a late touchdown that helped a lot. Dallas defense, just four. And Youngway Koo, maybe my MVP for this week, 18 points from my kicker. That was massive. Uh, Raheem Mostert on the bench with 24. Um, but everybody else, uh, not so much. So again, I squeaked by Hayden Zeke and, uh, you know, shouts to him. Great competitor. Uh, he was running the trade, uh, the trade wire all season this year. And I, I, uh, appreciate having him in. So Chad, bless up, man. Appreciate having you in the league and, uh, best of luck with the rest of your leagues this year. And hopefully you'll be back next year. So I am moving on to the next round and we will find out my opponent in just a little bit but before that. Lucas, can you please break down the People's Republic and Charlotte regular Nawa matchup? Mm-hmm. Uh, it only seems fitting that the season-high point scorer uh, just completely obliterated his Jeez. matchup. Yeah, it was – I don't want to say not even close from the start, but it kind of wasn't. Uh, so Charlotte regular Nawa, Paul, uh, he, like I said, highest point scorer, got 171 to People's Republic. Uh, Daniel at 113. So I'm just going to run through there. I'm going to run through Daniel's lineup first. And uh, on paper, it looked okay. Good enough to maybe match up with uh, Paul, but it just did not work out as he had Russell Wilson with nine, Saquon with nine, Treat Cone with eight, Tyler Boyd 12, Mike Williams 14, Kittle 18, Cup 14, Kirk 16, Packers D had nine, and Jake Elliott had four. And he really didn't leave much points on the bench. Um, not really at all. I guess maybe a running back change out of Cohen. But that's about it. So he just kind of had an underwhelming week in kind of the worst time possible. And on the other side for Paul, he kind of had the best possible week in the best time possible with Deshaun Watson going up for 29. Probably 20 of those points were garbage time points, so it doesn't count. Uh, Mark Ingram had 10. Melvin Gordon, 18. Michael Thomas with 30, which is this Michael Thomas doing his thing. Amari Cooper, more garbage time with 20 points. Kelsey, 17. DJ Moore, 12. Jamal Williams, really the only one uh, with a bad game at two. Steelers defense with 20. And Harrison Bucker with 13. 
Uh, we were just talking about it before. I think Paul might have used up all of his points. So I, hopefully he can translate that over to next week, but we will see. Interesting note here. First of all, to your comment about the uh, garbage time points, the beauty of fantasy football, whether you like it or not, is they definitely do count. And uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of players benefit from that last minute shit um, and, and get those last minute points. Kenny Galladay, Zach Paschal, um, uh well, Zach Ertz was in the moment, but you know, a lot of those touchdowns every week come at the very end when you're just chucking the ball. Um, so point to point to fantasy football. Uh, he did also have uh, Deontay, don't call me Thompson Johnson on the bench with 25 points, two touchdowns there. Jameis Winston, 42 points. He also, we made a comment last week before we went into it, as we preview all the games, he has three defenses. And we had talked about this. We had talked about Pittsburgh at Arizona Carolina at Atlanta and the 49ers at uh, New Orleans. We discussed this and we were like, Hey man, he's got three defenses. Like, what is he doing? And it was more of like a, we'll play the matchups. They're all good defenses. Play the best one. <laughs> Pittsburgh put up 20 points against Arizona, Carolina on his bench, negative seven, 49ers on his bench, negative eight. I uh, have to say that he made the right call there um, sure. by about 30 point turnaround there. So <laughs> nice move by Paul, uh, Huge competitor. Um, Paul moves on. Huge win, 171-113 over Daniel. I move on 147-138 to 138 over Chad. And the other matchups in the Constellation bracket this week, Pelkey Pelkey 91 over Prickly Pears 88. Dude, you're getting Odell 133 over Nuke Took a Duke 54. Drew Missick, the defending champion, 162, a valiant effort, the second highest scorer on the week, but it was in the consolation bracket over Julio Daddy, 104. That leaves you and Chris out of the mix because you had the bye week, um, but that means you're playing this week, and wouldn't you know it, man, dun-dun-dun. We'll get into the second round matchups after the break. Hey, listeners, let's take a break here. If you like what you're hearing and want to find the Candlestick Kids outside of the podcast, please like and follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod, Twitter at tck underscore pod, Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast, or drop us an email at tckpod at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a rate and review wherever you're listening. It really helps us to get your feedback. Finally, please visit our website at tckpod.com for weekly rankings, Lucas's start, sit article, and more. Before we get into the second half of the episode, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Stay tuned. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. 
I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. All right, brother. It's all come down to this. Semifinals of the TCK Pod Listener League and the matchup is you and me. Couldn't have it any other way, man. I'm stoked about this. What are the odds that it's actually going to happen? That's crazy. I'm real stoked. And here's, here's what happened. We talked about this last week as we were previewing the game that you're the number one seed. I was the number four seed, right? Yes. Uh, yep. Number four seed. And we were thinking, if I win, do I play you automatically or do I play Chris, right? As you would always play the lowest seed. Well, it turns out that no matter what, I am the lowest seed because Paul, who won as well, was the third seed. So we'll never actually know, but nonetheless, you and I match up, man, and uh, it's going to be a good one. I'm really stoked, and that leaves Charlotte regular Nawa, um, our boy Paul, and Charlotte's Web this week, the ever-changing team name of the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast boys, and Chris uh, Benavides, they are playing each other as well. So the top four seeds make the semifinals. And of course, you have been a huge contributor to this podcast uh, and the website this year. Chris has also been a huge contributor to the podcast. And Paul, who nobody hears, but he's been a huge contributor with the website behind the scenes, helping us set everything up preseason and get everything moving. And Paul was the uh, runner up last year. So the four of us who are kind of, you know, deep into the podcast ended up making the uh, semifinals. Um, so, you know, appreciate the three of you guys so much uh, for helping make this podcast what it is. Very, very stoked to get into this. Um, let's get into ours second. Why don't we break down uh, Charlotte regular Nawa and um, Charlotte's web? Um, why don't you pick a team and I'll take the other one? Yeah, I'll uh, sure. Yeah, let it just being slow. Okay, I will take, I'll take Paul's. So I'll let you take uh, Charlotte Webb here. Um, so, Charlotte Regular Nawa, Paul has decided to not change his name all year, which Chris, I he, don't remember earlier in the season, but he might have changed his team name every week. We'll have to ask him next time he's on. I think but, we decided that he changed it after the first time he beat me. I don't remember exactly, but uh, it, was, sure. it was the Commission FFP to start, right, for branding. And, mm. you know, you want to get the word out and respect. And then I think he beat me by like you know, 40 or fucking 70 or whatever the hell it was. And then I think he started changing his team names and then it became a thing to do and they were rolling. So they changed it every week. And uh, here we are against Charlotte regular Nawa. They are Charlotte's web. I do appreciate the creativity. Yeah, Go ahead. A good one. Uh, so he is rolling with Deshaun Watson again. Uh, same as last week. His other options, Tom Brady. So I don't uh, disagree with him there against the Titans. He's rolling with Mark Ingram against the Jets, who will probably run for like 150 yards. Uh, maybe not, though, because I was actually thinking about maybe Gus Edwards is going to have a good game, and they just like take him out at halftime. But I guess we'll find out, I guess, today, if you're listening to the podcast. Uh, Melvin Gordon against Minnesota. Michael Thomas against the Colts. Amari Cooper against the Rams. Travis Kelsey against the Broncos. DJ Morgan, Seattle. Jamal Williams against the Bears. Steelers against Buffalo and Butker against the Broncos. So he's rolling out the same lineup as last week. Uh, however, he may not have changed it. We don't really know for sure. Uh, so we will see up until Sunday. 
is there anybody that you would make a change on his bench? He's got uh, Brady, Panthers defense, Deontay Johnson, Winston, Fells, uh, Myers from C- uh, Seattle's kicker, 49ers. I think um, if Jameis was not hurt, I think I would go Jameis easily. I think that this Detroit's is such a good matchup. Uh, I mean, he really only has kind of one other option to put in Johnson in the flex, which I don't really know. I think if – I don't know. I feel like I would just pivot somewhere else, like pick up someone, like drop Brady maybe or something. Uh, for There's probably another option on the, the waivers. I'm not really for sure. But I think I think the Bear, or the, the Packers will ride Aaron Jones off of last week and continue to make him the workhorse this week. So maybe his second flex. Yeah, I agree. And Aaron Jones is definitely becoming more uh, prevalent in the passing game too, which is helping out a lot. The only move I would make as well is potentially subbing out um, Jamal Williams for Deontay Johnson as well. Here's what I say about Deontay Johnson. Um, I'm not sure if he's the one or two, because it looks like Washington has a big game. Johnson has a big game. They flip flop. Juju and Connor are both trending to play this week. We don't know for sure at the time of recording this podcast, they're questionable, but kind of like trending that way. If Juju plays, I actually like Deontay Johnson more. I agree. Um, Tredavious White, the shadow cornerback who's fucking super underrated. I think like fantasy people know who he is because we bring him up all the time as somebody to, you know, worry about with your number one receiver. But I think general fans don't know who he is because he's not flashy and doesn't run his mouth the whole game like a lot of these other guys. But he's very good. If he takes on Juju, who's beat up anyway, that frees up Deontay Johnson and uh, potentially James Washington as well. I think that would help Deontay Johnson. If Juju's out, I'm not sure who Tredavious White would cover, but it could be Deontay Johnson, which I'm not liking at all. So to be safe, maybe Jamal Williams is it. And honestly, man, looking at the projection, looking at the rest of his team, I am not sure it matters who his second flex yeah. is because yeah. uh, he's he's looking pretty good. Um, so Paul's team's rolling. Uh, I, I, I like the, I like the team as is. And obviously he's, he was the high scorer on the season. He was the number one seed for quite a while. You and him and Chris were kind of flipping all three of you for quite a few weeks. Uh, in the last week of the season, he got toppled and then, uh, you two took those, uh, two first seeds, but Paul is definitely a, a top competitor for sure. So Paul is, um, projected, uh, quite handsomely and he has a very, uh, solid team of, um, steady players, floor players, and high upside players. So Charlotte's Web is definitely up against it this week. Um, diving into it, let's uh, I'll get into Charlotte's website. So um, the FFP boys, uh, the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast, of course, go check them out at the Commission FFP on all your favorite stations. Go listen to their podcast as well. They do a recap of the TCK Pod Listen League in their own right. Good friends of the podcast, good family here. So go check them out and support as well. They're rolling out Drew Brees, my man Lev Bell, uh, assuming he doesn't have a fake flu. We'll see what happens there. Nick Chubb, Robert Woods, Golden Tate, Mark Andrews, if he plays, that's going to be interesting come Thursday night. Um, let's see. Uh, well that, that game's tonight technically. So he's going to have to make a move here pretty quickly. We'll see what happens. We've talked about this off the air, uh, Lucas, but, um, just for the record, if you had to make that decision, Mark Andrews, let's say he was out. Um, which one of the tight ends, we covered this a little bit yesterday, but which one of those tight ends would you go for? Um, I think as of, I guess, Wednesday when you guys heard this, so yesterday, 
I think I said Hayden Hurst, but I think I've kind of leaned towards the Nick Boyle side mm. because he's playing more as of now anyways with Andrews in. So I think I would rely more on uh, just the play time versus taking a chance on a big play, especially in the playoffs, I think. Man, that's tricky. I think I would go the other way. Um, less about the play time, but more just about the upside. I'm not sure Nick Boyle breaks away for a 60-yard touchdown down the sideline, and we saw Hayden Hurst do it. Uh, he was drafted high for a reason. He was hurt all last year. We finally saw him break out last week, and uh, I think I would go that direction, but keep an eye on Mark Andrews for sure. Josh Jacobs, another potential injury candidate. He could be out as well. Austin Eckler, absolutely thrashing. 200 total yards last week. Um, Seattle's defense versus Carolina, and Greg the Leg uh, as the kicker. Um, look at some defensive options. Uh, D.D. Westbrook with uh, D.J. Chark out. Um, Rams defense at Dallas. Adam Thielen, if he plays. Uh, Crowder, Fant, Chicago defense versus the Packers, and Fitzmagic. Um, Chris could be dealing with some serious injuries here. I know that he knows that, and he's up against a juggernaut. Let's uh, throw out some suggestions that we would make moves-wise, if Andrews and or Jacobs are out, how would you fill up the rest of that roster? Yeah, I think uh, – well, I think you'd play Fant. I think that's his backup plan. Uh, now, you're, you're, the, uh, you're the house Broncos guy. How is yeah, Fant feeling after a huge game? 114 yards, I believe? I, I mean, or I don't 141. know. 141. I'll look yeah, at it. A lot of his yards came off a play where, like, the cornerback – I think he might have, like, slipped or something and the ball barely got by him or – yeah, but I don't know. I don't know if I'd be confident playing Fant in the the playoffs so much, but I know there's no one on waivers or else Chris would have picked him up by now. Uh, so he's kind of in a tough spot there. I obviously th- – I think if – I think either way he has to play Fant, though, just because I don't think they're – obviously Andrews is not fully healthy or else they would have said it by now, uh, by Wednesday for the game on Thursday. And I feel like they could easily just – bench him after the first quarter I, I hope they're beating the Jets by at least two touchdowns at halftime so I would think they would bench him if necessary so I think I would just roll with Fant in what should be a neutral if not negative game script against the Chiefs. Noah Fant was four for 114 and the touchdown Jeff Hireman who I mentioned two weeks ago that I think people forget about only had one catch for eight yards but that was also a touchdown uh, coach Vic Fangio said that he is positive overall but they're not sure that he's going to play he, uh, Noah Fant did not practice uh, Wednesday, so that's not a positive sign, but not necessarily saying that he's not going to play. So, okay, uh, Andrews is out. We put in Fant if he's healthy. How about Josh Jacobs if he misses? Well, I was looking at his thing, his roster, and Didi I don't think practiced today, or else I would say Didi for sure. So he's kind of just waiting to see if one of Didi, Jacobs, and Thielen is playing, I think. I, I don't think he'd play Crowder at all, especially after the last couple of weeks. And, well, against, uh, against Baltimore, too. That's nasty no matter yeah. what. So I think he's just kind of waiting to see uh, which one of Jacobs, Didi, or Thielen is healthy, uh, if, if any, I guess. Because I don't know. Because the, the Raiders signed uh, – oh, shoot. Some, some old veteran back. I can't think of his name that – been in the league for a while. They're, they're, he's under the practice squad. So normally that's a sign of uh, Jacobs not play, the starter not playing, but I'm not for sure because I think you said he isn't lining up to play as of today. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, John Gruden basically wouldn't, uh, wouldn't admit defeat yet. Um, 
they're just not sure. They're not sure if he's going to be healthy yet, and uh, they haven't given an answer. So um, we shall see what happens there. I think this can be an interesting call. I hope for competitive sake here in the semifinals. I mean, you definitely want players to have, uh, you know, fantasy teams to have their best players. I hope that he can get uh, Adam Thielen back. Um, Adam Thielen obviously has been out for weeks, uh, which has been very frustrating. Let me just double check here. He has not played since week nine, and he played one snap in week seven. So you really haven't had Adam Thielen since week mm-hmm. six. Yikes. Um, so I hope he can get him back uh, just for more competitive sake, but we'll see. Paul's team is pretty stacked, uh, but again, Charlotte's web rolling deep. So one more time, the rosters, uh, we'll go look at these split here. Charlotte regular Nawa, Watson, Ingram, Gordon, uh, that's Melvin, Michael Thomas, Cooper, Kelsey, DJ Moore, Jamal Williams, Pittsburgh defense, and Butker on the other side, Charlotte's web, Breeze, Le'Veon Bell, Chubb, Woods, Tate, Mark Andrews and Josh Jacobs for now, if they are uh, not out for the game. Austin Eckler, Seattle defense versus Carolina, and Greg Blegg. Let's talk about the game of the week, my man, you and me. Let's do it. Do you want to cover my team, or do you want to cover your own team? How about that? Well, if you like talking about injuries, you can go ahead and take my team. Um, why don't you just do that, then? fully healthy. It's not even like – you don't even have a single red marking or anything on your team, and I'm sure you're excited to see that one. Yeah, I mean, Dak Prescott, you know, he's got a little bit of a, a booboo on his hand, but we're going to have to pull that. <laughs> okay, well, we'll dive into it here. Uh, so, I got Ryan Tannehill. I'm going to ride the hot streak. I didn't really have a quarterback all year. I had Stafford, then he got hurt. So, I'm kind of glad to not have to worry about that come playoffs because I, I was holding a couple guys for the playoffs, but obviously I'm good now. So, I'm going to ride him at home against the Texans. I got Fournette. Uh, he should see more work without Chark. After and coming off kind of a bad week uh, last week, they just got stomped on. Uh, I got Kareem Hunt in the RB2. As you can see, I moved Kamara to the flex to hopefully wake him up and have him score some fantasy points for me. So he got benched, but not really uh, demoted, I guess you can say. He's kind of like on like the practice squad now, maybe or something. You, you got to send a message to your veterans, man. He's yeah. a team leader. You got to send a message at this time of the year. I like to move. All right. And then I got Tyler Lockett. Uh, News came out today that he is fully healthy, which makes no sense considering he's played the last two weeks. But uh, you know what? I'll take it. He doesn't have an injury marking by his name, so I'm excited to see that against a really positive matchup. Uh, Edelman has the questionable mark next to his name. He had load management today. Uh, due to the recent struggles of the Patriots offense, I have no worries that they will bench Edelman, uh, even though they play the Bengals. I, they need all the help they can get. So he should be fine. Uh, and then – I got Evan Ingram at the tight end spot, and this is kind of the only – I think the only spot I might be hurting. Uh, so, if he does not play, I have Ian Thomas, who I think is in a really good matchup if Greg Olson does not play, which there's no news as of Wednesday. could be as of Thursday. And if Greg Olson plays, then I have Kyle Rudolph, which I don't even know if I'm that excited. So, really, I'm just kind of – I think that's the one position you really have a huge advantage on me. I guess even if Ingram was playing, Earth is much better, I think. Uh, and then I have Kamara in the flex. Like I said, I demoted him. And then in my second flex, I have Devontae Parker as of now. Uh, not really for sure. He said he was a non-contact today. Uh, non-contact jersey, correct. Still in the concussion protocol. Yeah, so I'm going to go with he's not playing. So I have uh, – Kenyon Drake, Danny Amendola, and DeAndre Washington. Uh, if Jacobs is out, I'm going to go Washington, no doubt, uh, just due to volume. I think he's he's an okay play in the, the second flex in PPR. 
But as of now, I'm leaning Amendola with no Marvin Jones against the Buccaneers. Uh, and then I have the Bills defense, and I actually spent all the remaining fab I had uh, to get the Bills because I, I don't know. I just think they're going to stomp on the Steelers this week. So I was just making sure that I got the win this week rather than hold fab for next week. Uh, I don't even know who the Bills play next week, so I'm not, I'll have to figure that out next week. But I think that they're going to be a solid play against Devlin Hodges uh, on Sunday night. And then we got the kicker matchup going on. They both might put up 20-plus. I got Justin Tucker against the Jets. The Bills play in New England next week for the division, potentially. Yeah, I'm dropping them then. You think so? Is it in New England? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's in New England. I don't know, man. The Bills are going to be fired up for that game. Do you remember a couple years ago? Uh, maybe it was last year. I can't remember. It was a Gronk game uh, where Brady only had Gronk to throw to. And he targeted him something stupid, like 14 targets or something crazy. And Gronk had like three catches for 30 yards or something. And the Bills should have won the game. They were winning the game the entire time. And then they pulled a Bills through like a pick six or something dumb. And the Patriots ended up winning the game. But that was like a Sunday or Monday night game. I, I can't remember. But it was in New England. The Bills were fired up. And um, anyway, I just happened to remember that. Like the Bills will get up for this game. Um the Bills in week four played New England in Buffalo, gave up 16 points. Uh, they did have one interception, uh, just five points for the Bills defense, but it could be better this time around as the Patriots aren't playing as well. Um, this will be interesting, man. You have kind of, again, a couple injury concerns. First of all, I want to give props real quick. Um, Ryan Tannehill, how about that? Uh, you know, waiver wire ad yeah, what a, waiver. a handful of weeks ago. That is, that's incredible. Um, Evan Ingram could potentially be out for the, for the game. Uh, Devonte Parker could be out for the game as well. That'll be interesting. And uh, of course you have Lockett kind of coming back from injury. So that'll be interesting. And we didn't mention Mike Evans. You are the one with Mike Evans to help you get here, but he is of course out for the season as well. So that'd be interesting. Great pickup too with uh, DeAndre Washington. Um, Obviously, if Josh Jacobs misses out, uh, DeAndre Washington would be a huge uh, ad for you. All right, let me break down my team here. Uh, I have Deck Prescott um, going up against the Rams. Uh, not super crazy about the matchup, to be perfectly honest with you, but I got to ride the floor of Dak uh, and the potential upside there. Um, I've got Dalvin Cook, who looks to be plenty healthy. He's been a full participant so far this week uh, in practices, obviously played last week in a limited role. I think he'll be just fine this week uh, in a big game for uh, Minnesota. Uh, James White against um, the Bungles. Uh, I'm not sure how they're going to attack the Bengals, but I just have to imagine that James White's got to have a James White game here again pretty soon. Hopefully it's this week. Devontae Adams versus the Bears. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to try to prove a point this week at home, and Devontae Adams could be hyper-targeted after a subpar week last week. Uh, Michael Gallup against the Rams there. Um, Amari Cooper will get Rams, uh, Ramsey, you think? Uh, I, I don't know. I think, I mean, I think if they look at last week, I would think that, ooh, I don't, I don't know. Cause I don't think they need to is the thing. Man, so really either way, sure. Michael, Michael, Michael Gallup's the truth, bro. He would be a number one on a lot of other teams. Oh, yeah. Uh, Zach Ertz, um, against Washington. I, you demoted Alvin Kamara to kind of, you know, kick up some spirit. I promoted my man, Raheem Mostert, off of, uh, off of the practice squad for my fantasy team. He has now made himself up to the number one flex option there going against Atlanta. I've got Zach Paschal, who came off the waivers last week and had a nice game, last-minute touchdown. Right now I have Dallas defense versus the Rams. 
that's probably going to change. Um, I just haven't gone to that. I haven't found a defense yet because there's not a ton of options on our waivers. But I'm not super excited about Dallas, even at home against the Rams. They've been playing pretty well. And my man, Young Way Koo, uh, as the kicker. I do have uh, Matt Breida, um, Madison, Goddard, Samuel, Ronald Jones, um, Marcus Johnson, uh, the other T.Y. Hilton for the Colts. And I picked up my man, Robbie Gold. Um, I haven't decided if I want to start him or Young Waku in the same game. We'll see what happens there. Um, I am going to start Raheem Mostert over Matt Breida, though. Okay. Um, I like that. So we have an interesting matchup, man. My team is a little bit more healthy, but your team definitely has some more firepower. And uh, you were, you know, definitely a top scorer as well in the league. So either way, one of us is headed to the championship. Um, in the spirit of good sportsmanship, I do wish you luck, uh, and we shall we shall see. Um, at this point of the year, you know, I always kind of say tongue in cheek at fantasy. It's like, you know, um, the the best fantasy managers have the best team on like week one from the draft, right? Like your draft shows your actual like talent and skill as a fantasy player week one with your team, and it looks fucking amazing. You're like, uh, and then the basically like the healthiest team gets to the playoffs and then the luckiest team ends up winning the championship in league. So we shall see what happens here, man, but hopefully it's a little bit of uh, good, good, uh, good efforts, health, and a little bit of luck. So uh, wishing everybody good spirits this week and uh, let's roll through the rest of our crew uh, in the league here real quick. Um, we have people's Republic and hide and Zeke uh, coming up in kind of the, the third place uh, match, if you will. Um, dude, you're getting Odell and Pelkey Pelkey facing off uh, drew Missick and prickly pears and Julio daddy and nuke took a Duke as well in the constellation brackets. We're going to dive into um, we're going to dive into our starts of the week from last episode. We said that we we're going to move them over because we had a little more time. We'll do that in just a second. But before we get into that, uh, Lucas, as we get into the semifinals and potentially the finals for next week, I mean, this is it. We're at the, we're at the end of the line here. Um, what are some things that, you know, you kind of prep yourself for with teams and, and roster construction and, uh, you know, just different things. Looking at the waiver wire this time of year, stacking multiple defenses, quarterbacks, handcuffs. Like, what are some of your playoff-specific approaches this time of year? Um, I think – yeah, I guess I think the big thing is handcuffs. I think that was a huge thing I was emphasizing on this year more than ever. I think I kind of had a good – like, I'm not going to, like, roll through every league I have, but I kind of had a very strong uh, portfolio of leagues, I guess you could call it this year, heading into the playoffs. I don't think I missed the playoffs in any of my leagues, and I have uh, way too many than I should. Uh, but I think that – I think handcuffs was like – I think I just had a good overall draft season. I think uh, the players I was high on hit – players that I didn't want to draft out missed, which is a good thing. Handcuffs really, I think, put my team over the top because a couple of them uh, were good fill-ins down the stretch for, like, flex plays and whatever. But I think for this league, like I mentioned before, I think it hurt me in a sense because I think I kind of thought my team was going to be okay for the playoffs. And then now due to injuries, I don't have any depth because I dropped it all. Um which is not necessarily a bad thing, I guess. But I think the big thing was handcuffs, which I never used to do in the past, which I obviously did this year. And, well, putting away last week's results looked good at first. But, yeah, I think handcuffs is the main thing. I'm with you, man. And that's a great strategy. You know, I, I kind of go back and forth. We're talking about draft season. It'll be interesting to do draft season again this year and see what we come up with. But 
to draft handcuffs during draft season is interesting because there's a lot of those players that will never see the field. I mean, how many people drafted Tony Pollard? Like I was one of them in a couple of leagues. Uh, I was drafting Malcolm Brown, uh, Darrell Henderson, uh, you know, I mean, different Chiefs guys, uh, a bunch of the 49ers, you know, and some of those guys panned out. Some of them like barely saw the field. So that's an interesting approach. Um, I had mentioned preseason. I wasn't crazy about Zach Ertz. Obviously, he's awesome. But I was saying that maybe if I didn't get Kittle or Kelsey, I was going to wait. I ended up getting him in the listener league because he fell, I think it was like the fourth round or the end of the third. I took Ingram over him, I I believe, in like the end of the fourth. It was something crazy where like I just – he was there on like a a late – I was like, wait a minute, is this a typo? (laughs) He's still available. I got to take him. It didn't obviously work out. But I said preseason that if I get Zach Ertz, I'm going to reach for Goddard. And I did. And now Goddard has played pretty well. I have played him over Zacherts a couple of times. I played both of them at certain times, but the whole season I've had that like rare tight end handcuff, um, which panned out for me, uh, you know, a couple of times as well. I also had uh, Brita and Mostert who kind of were both were eating each other, but they were both available there. And, you know, most of my roster is who I drafted because I've been a little bit lucky with injuries, you know, so like I said, it's a little bit of luck with injuries and your draft. You know, they always say you don't win your league at the draft, but you can definitely lose it. Um, a big part of drafting, which of course we'll get into in the offseason, is just planning for the first like three to four weeks. That's how you're drafting because a lot of that shit is going to change. Like you're going to trade guys, they're going to get hurt, you're going to fucking, they're, they're going to lose their job, like whatever. So when you draft, draft some players long game. Most players, though, you're drafting for about a four to five week period, and then things are going to shuffle anyway. So, just having those kind of mindsets getting into it, I think, helped a little bit uh, as I progressed through the through the fantasy season. So, um, awesome, man. Well, let's take uh, let's take one more just brief break here, uh, just to separate the segments a little bit, and we'll come back and we'll dive into our starts of the week for week fifteen, and we'll get into our uh, semifinals for the fantasy football playoffs. All right, man, starts of the week. Let's dive into it. Of course, uh, once again, um, those of you listening now and are a little bit bit caught off guard, we ran a little bit late on the previous episode, which hopefully you've uh, heard as well. Um, And we decided to move the starts of the week over to this episode instead. So um, we'll dive right into it before... Lucas, I let you take it away. Uh, we'll just recap last week's really quick. Um, I had Wentz at quarterback, uh, who was like a complete bust for the first half and a weak winner in the second half. <laughs> so I'll take I'll take a, a medium on that one. You went with Tannehill, crushed once again, uh, absolutely killing it recently. Six and one as a starter for the Titans. My man Mariota is toast, unfortunately, there. Uh, you went with Devonta Freeman. Nice game from him. Carlos Hyde was my start of the week. Definitely a dud there. He didn't bomb per se, but I thought he'd have a much better day against uh, Denver. Kudos to your boys. They played very, very well on the road in Houston. Got the big upset there. Both of our receivers completely bombed uh, due to injury or not. Odo Beckham Jr. and Alshon Jeffrey had plus matchups, should have crushed. They absolutely just did not, unfortunately. Um, I went with uh, Hunter Henry. Um, who had a, a, a rough week, unfortunately, and um, Doyle as well. Again, a little bit of injury with that big week, but uh, nonetheless came up short. Vikings and Packers both had good defensive days. So let's dive into this week's starts of the week. And as always, my man, why don't you kick us off with the quarterback? 
Yeah, I'm going to ride Ryan Tannehill yet again this week. Normally I wouldn't do this, but I think uh, the reasoning for doing it again this week is pretty fair uh, via the Rotoviz Stat Explorer, what I've been using for the whole season, I guess, for uh, well, all these articles and most of my research and all the other articles I've been writing. Uh, this is his easiest matchup on paper. And I don't think – I mean, if you were to tell me that, I'd be like, he can't get much easier than he's already – like, it seems easy what he's doing right now, and now you get an even easier matchup. I just think he's set to explode yet again. And I think another big thing with this matchup is he's doing what he's doing right now on 27 passing attempts per game since being the starter. And uh, the Texans in the last five are allowing 34 passing attempts per game. So I think it's just a little – I hope more room for improvement, but I guess we'll see for sure this weekend. And he's at home. That always he's helps. He's like a more exciting Josh Allen. I agree. I think that's a good comparison. Crushing it. I'm going to go with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. And if you've listened to this podcast ever, you know that I'm a super 49er homer. Uh, grew up going to Candlestick Park, which maybe some of you can put two and two together with the podcast. Um Love me some Niners. I've been nervous all season about Jimmy Garoppolo not being able to take us over the top when it matters. He has proved week in and week out recently with four touchdowns, five touchdowns, three touchdowns, playing very well, that he can show up in big games. The team is on fire. The coaching's great. He's doing really well. Super stoked. I'm going to ride him another week. 300-plus yards and four touchdowns in three beatable matchups this year over the last six games. Arizona twice, of course, last week against New Orleans. The 49ers, I think, are going to crush um, Atlanta at home. Um, and really, the Niners are on top of the NFC, but it's must-wins for them, too, to remain number one and get that first-round bye and host a home game for the first time in San Francisco in a very long time. So I think they're going to keep riding them and, and run it up. So I like Jimmy G a lot. Um, still love my man Mullins, of course, but I got to ride Jimmy G while he's hot, so I'm going to go with him as my start of the week at the quarterback position. How about running back for you? I'm going to go with Chris Carson. I'm yet again going to play the running back that is playing uh, the Panthers, as I mentioned, they're just getting on paper, or I guess like on first glance or like box score glance, not really. But if you really look at like uh, that, what they are doing compared to the rest of the league, they're just getting, I mean, basically pummeled when it comes to the run game. Uh, oh, sorry, I pulled up my, my article here. Um, I think the big thing is on the website, I have a chart, a, a table that shows Carson's splits with and without Penny. Um, so the splits uh, on the chart say out of split, that is without a penny. And he is just every single category of points, receptions, touches, targets, touchdowns, everything has just gone up, which only makes sense. Now you compare that with a run defense that is, I mean, one of the easier ones they're going to see all year. I think they're just going to, he's just going to keep running all over them and easily see 25 opportunities this week. And no Rashad Penny. Mm-hmm. I think it's, he's in a huge spot this week. I like Chris Carson a lot. I was uh, going to put him up there, but you beat me to the spreadsheet, so uh, I'm, I agree with you fully there. I'm going to ride my man, A. Jones. Uh, Aaron Jones, highest carry total since week five with 16 touches, most rushing yards on the season last week at 134, and most receptions since week uh, – oh, let me pull up a stat here. Ooh. Uh, since week eight uh, with six receptions, um, Chicago is missing their three best interior defenders. Again, I think this is a um, 
prove it game for Rodgers and Green Bay in general, um, who's looking to stay hot in the NFC race as well. Bitter rivals, yada, yada. This one's at home. I like Aaron Jones a lot. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to play well as, uh, also, but they've been feeding Aaron Jones the last couple of weeks and he's been beasting. So I like Aaron Jones a lot as my running back start of the week. How about receiver for you? Uh, yeah, I got Kenny Galladay this week. Pretty self-explanatory. Uh, no Marvin Jones. Uh, in your head would think just better play. So I'm going to be on the other side. But yet again on the website, I have a split chart of games with and without. And uh, same as Carson, everything shoots up except for touchdowns, which you can't predict touchdowns. So that's the kind of a outlier stat. But he's seeing two more receptions per game, over 50, or about 15 yards more three more targets in games without Marvin Jones. And then now you face that with a team that is allowing 47.9 fantasy points to the receiver in the last five games. Uh, he well, he's an air yard. I don't have his air yard numbers, but I know he's up there with Mike Evans in terms of air yards too. So I really like him this week. I think it's a great move there. And unfortunately my man, Marvin Jones, Dunzo. I'm going to stick with A.J. Brown, man. Holy smokes. Kid's legit. Uh, he has the highest target total since week nine with seven. Um, over 130 uh, receiving yards in two of the last three games and three touchdowns over his last three games. We saw him beat a, uh, you know, terrible Raiders defense, but I think he can do it again this week, again at home. So I'm going to ride your start of the week at Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. His main man right now is A.J. Brown. Love this kid. I think he's going to be an absolute superstar, um, assuming he can stay healthy. And um, Tennessee hasn't really had a – um, fear striking wide receiver in a very long time. Uh, and I think AJ Brown can quickly grow into that one. So I'm going to ride AJ Brown, man. He's been hot there at home. I like it a lot with the matchups down the stretch. I'll take AJ Brown as my start of the week at the receiver. How about tight end? Yeah, I'm going to go Ian Thomas. This, uh, I think I get the right to change it if Greg Olson is, uh, healthy. Right. Granted. Okay, sweet. Um, so with Ian Thomas, uh, in the article, it says disclaimer to start it because obviously I'd be a fool if I put him here if Olsen's playing. Uh, another chart, uh, games with and without Olsen, kind of a common theme this week due to injuries, but this one even more. Like he is seeing almost like four times at every category of points, receptions, targets, yards. Just, I mean, it makes sense. Like he's not going to see a bunch of work when Olsen's there. And uh, this, I think this is the fourth week in a row I've – uh, put a tight end against Seattle and they're just getting smoked. Um, even Tyler Higby had over 100 yards against him last week. And Ian Thomas is much more athletic than Tyler Higby. So I think uh, in a very shallow offense that the Panthers have, they're going to look to Ian Thomas against Seattle. I think that's a great call. Now, hypothetically, uh, Greg Olson plays. I can't imagine he would be your start of the week necessarily. Would he be or would you pivot to somebody else? He would not be, and I guess it's probably telling me to not have a backup plan. Um, I'll tell you what. Let me let me go with my tight end, and you come up with a uh, a pivot if you need okay. to. Because I think there's a lot of people who are stoked on Ian Thomas, and rightfully so. Uh, but if Greg Olson comes back, by the way, he's in the concussion protocol. If you're out of the loop, he could come back potentially. If he does, though, Ian Thomas will fall by the wayside. So come up with an audible here just in case. Uh -huh. I'm going to go with um, O.J. Howard. Super, super disappointing. He definitely bombed uh, my league of record. I was really high on him this year. I almost picked him over Zach Ertz. Um, I almost had him number three. Of course, he's been a huge bust. Unfortunately, it just it is what it is. However, I don't think it's him being the bust. It's it's scheme. Uh, it's Jameis targeting Cameron Brait and everybody else on the team. But when 
when Howard is getting work, he's beasting up. He's had 11 targets for nine receptions and over 60 yards in the last two games, and they have no Mike Evans again, unfortunately. So I expect Chris Godwin to be the number one. Howard should be the number two. Brashad Perryman's been playing well for the Bucks the last two weeks. I can't imagine he's actually the second look for Jameis at this point. It's got to be Godwin, then Howard hopefully, and then Brashad Perryman, maybe Brait, whatever. But I'm going to take a stab on him. If you're stuck, I like Howard. For me personally, I'm going to let you audible here. For me personally, if I had Ian Thomas, Howard might even be on your uh, waivers at this point. If Ian Thomas doesn't play because of Greg Olson comes back, I think Howard would be a great scoop personally. I got one here. So I'm going to go with Austin Hooper. However, you should be starting him anyways, but we saw how good Ridley played or stepped up when Hooper was out. So now I'm going to reverse that back to Hooper, second game back from the injury. Uh, he plays the same, or plays your Niners this week, who, if you remember, Jared Cook had two touchdowns, then got hurt. So maybe I would think the Falcons would look and see maybe that's a weakness for this defense. Um, and no Richard Sherman, so they're going to have to move a uh, less qualified, if you want to call it, corner onto Julio, maybe freeing up a little more space for Austin Hooper. I think he'd be a good pivot um, just in terms of the start of the week. But I think if you're looking off the waivers, uh, I like the Howard call. I think Gusecki, but that might be kind of bold just because no Devontae Parker should favor him, but that would be kind of risky, especially in the semis for playoffs. Zach Ertz is on another level for sure, but Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard ripped up the Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Kasiki a lot. He was going to be a name I mentioned. And also, don't forget, this is a super deep dive. High risk, high reward for sure. David Njoku facing the Cardinals. I got to bring it up just because it's a thing. Vance McDonald didn't do anything last week, but he got hurt immediately. Uh, David Njoku, if he's fully healthy, we, can, we shall see. But uh, that would be a nice matchup there. Um, just a consideration. All right, man, let's get into our defenses really quick, and then we'll get out of here. Oh, I'm going to go to the Bills. This is a complete, bold uh, – Not this is a biased call right here. I just think they're going to kill the Steelers. Um, part of me just doesn't see a way Devlin Hodges gets it done, even at home or even in, like, fantasy purposes, to make the Bills not a, a good top five play this week. So I'm just going to ride them in a big game. I went with – two here which I know is kind of cheating but this is why I did this I went with the Ravens first of all but then I I kind of just thought like the Ravens at home on primetime versus the Jets I just didn't think was fair as like a start of the week because if you have them you're playing them in that scenario but versus the Jets with the number one seed on the line at home in primetime Ravens easy start of the week on on defense another one I'm thinking about uh, this is why I'm a little bit nervous about Dak we'll see what happens but I went with the Rams actually uh, DST uh, who were a dominant force in fantasy um, a couple years ago last year early this year but they have kind of fallen off recently but they're playing well recent uh, you know they're playing well again as of recent um, I went the Rams DST here the Cowboys look defeated and the Bears just beat up on uh, the um, Sorry, the Bears defense beat up on the Cowboys uh, offense recently, and they looked dejected. You know what I mean? I, I, made, a, I made a call mm-hmm. that I thought that <laughs> the Cowboys should be fighting for their coach and like, no, Jason Garrett's the man, and like, it's our fault. You know, keep him around. And I feel like people are just kind of looking around like, is this fucking guy still here? Like, 
can we can we at least uh you know get get somebody else in the building to spark some enthusiasm he's around here coach like, he's not a, he's not a good coach and i think you know kellen moore i think could be solid i really do um i don't know that he would get a head coach position right away but i think he's a good offensive coordinator he might be a good option but either way the Cowboys look dejected. I think Dak's floor in general is fine. I'll probably end up playing him against you in the uh, semifinals. But the Rams' defense in general, I think, could potentially make some moves here against the Cowboys overall. So that would be my other start of the week. It's been a long one, man. 15 weeks in. We've got one more to go here. You and I in the semifinals of the TCK Pod Listener League matchup. One of us is going to the finals. I wouldn't have it any other way, brother. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast always. Before we get out of here, tell them once again where they can find all your hard work. Yep, uh, tckpod.com. And by Thursday, there will be – well, the start of the week is already up on Wednesday, but the rankings will be up as well. And uh, I guess another thing, if you are listening this far in and you have any suggestions about what – I mean, I guess really anything, just in terms of YouTube, or we're going to be launching a YouTube podcast or like website, anything you want to see on there, uh, don't be afraid to reach out as we would use, we could use all the recommendations that you guys want. Um, and in terms of this episode next week, one of us, one of us will be crying, but that's, that's all I'm going to say. The opening of this podcast next week is going to be sad and happy. <sighs> Let's, uh, let's see what happens, man. Best of luck this week, brother. I'll be definitely be talking to you over the weekend. Best of luck to everybody else. Go get those hashtag TCK titles. Week 15, coming up strong. Let's get into those finals. You can't win the championship if you're not in it. Focus on this week first. Lucas, any last words before we get out of here? Nope. Good, good luck to everybody. Um, hopefully you do not have a reverse swept weekend like me last, last week. Best of luck to everybody. Go get it. That'll do it for this episode. Be sure to email us at tckpod at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod. You can also find us on Twitter at tck underscore pod or on Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Make sure to also check out our website at tckpod.com for weekly rankings, waiver wire ads, Lucas's start sit column, and playoff schedules. If you gain any value from this episode, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening, leave a rate and review, and also give us a like and a follow on social medias. It really does make a difference for us. Make the most of the rest of your day. Best of luck in week 15, and we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. For Lucas Kaser, I'm Scott Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.